Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about heavy-duty parts that keeps trucks and trailers on the road longer while lowering costs per mile. I recently attended Apex SEMA in Las Vegas. The show was well attended, far better than last year due to the travel restrictions not being as as tight as they were last year. So we saw a lot of international guests, and it was a really great opportunity for the industry to come together, both the trucking and the automotive sector. While I was at Apex, I got a chance to talk to some experts, some real subject matter experts, and I'm really excited about sharing those interviews with you over the next three weeks. This week, we're going to talk about two specific areas, refrigerant, what's happening with EPA regulations, uh, what you need to know about the changes to refrigerant. And the second thing we're going to talk about is diagnosing and repairing uh, cooling components on commercial trucks. So I had to find a couple industry experts. The first expert that I talked to was Christina Spaulding. She's the business development manager at the Kimors company. If you don't know that company, they invented Freon. So this is the company that really knows refrigerant. And my interview with Christina was excellent. She packed so much information into such a short conversation. So you've got to really pay close attention because it's pretty fast paced. And there's a lot of really good information there that you need to know. Then I talked to Sean, small business entrepreneur who uh, made the leap three years ago to start his own company. His company is ProParts and they specialize in cooling products. And we talked quite a bit about the importance of looking at the entire system when diagnosing and repairing cooling issues. So I hope you enjoy this interview, these two interviews from live from the floor of the Apex SEMA show. Christina, welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Jamie. It's nice that you're uh, treating us to uh, your booth today. We're at Apex. And, uh, I, you know, there's so many people uh, this year at the show. It's been fantastic. Uh, what are the overarching trends with refrigerants that you've been talking to people here at the show about? No, that's a really good question. So in the refrigerant world, both globally and in the United States, refrigerant regulations are really driving a lot of change in our industry. And so from a global perspective, the Kigali Amendment is being ratified by many countries. The U.S. just recently ratified that as well. But also in the U.S., we have um, ratified and enacted the AIM Act. And that essentially gives the EPA the authority to phase down refrigerants like R134A, which is a predominant refrigerant, both in light duty and obviously in heavy duty space for comfort cooling um, among everyone in the industry. So we've really been talking about what that phase down is going to look like and what's going to be coming down the pike. Um, on the light duty side of things, they've already transitioned to a replacement refrigerant, 1234YF, but that's what's going to be coming to the heavy duty market down the road. Right. And I'm sure that, you know, like myself, when we first met and you were explaining some of that to me, this is news to a yeah. lot of people. So there's an educational yeah. need there, mm -hmm. isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in terms of the market, what they've seen in the first year of the AIM Act is that 134A pricing has been a little bit volatile. And that's because the industry took a 10% step down from the baseline in 2022. 
The next step down occurs in 2024, where we're going to be 40% below baseline. And then another step down takes place in 2028, where the industry is going to be 60% below baseline. So those reductions from the baseline in terms of CO2 allocations impact product availability and product pricing. So that's really been the first year for the U.S. And it's really the first transition um, the automotive aftermarket has seen around a refrigerant in over 30 years. Right. And from the commercial uh, point of view, everything is about cost per mile, total cost of operation. So this has been a really stable product category for a very long time. And now all of a sudden we're seeing, like you say, that volatility in price. So that that phase down approach, does that uh, impact the uh, number of uh, units? Like if you have a mixed fleet, for example, and you've got an older fleet, are you now expected to do some sort of retrofit like they had to do back in the days of after treatment? Yeah, that's a great question. So today there really is no um, EPA-approved retrofit product for 134A, neither in light duty or in heavy duty. Um, the way the phase-down is designed, it's, it's taking place over 16 years. So if you think about the light duty fleet, every year cars are retired at each year, and that decreases the demand for 134A in the light duty fleet. So while the heavy duty fleet is going to be dependent upon 134A a little bit longer, every time that reduction and that retirement rate occurs, it sort of frees up more um, CO2 equivalents to be used in other segments like heavy duty. Um, what you also have in the light duty space is, you know, every year more and more cars um, are coming off the assembly line with YF. So the dependence continues to decrease in light duty, making product available in heavy duty. But in terms of what you see in a regulatory um, environment like a phase down is as 134A becomes less available, typically see more and more price volatility. It drives the price of 134A up and it, it, and it will um, enable heavy duty OEMs and equipment manufacturers to start to see a more financial attractive reason to, to convert to something like 1234YF. So what we'll see is we'll see as new trucks are being made, they're going to have this new standard mm -hmm. and that technology will be on those trucks. So as anybody who's repaired trucks for a while knows that when there's a change in technology, there's a bit of a learning curve there as well, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you say to the people who are going to have to maintain and repair these new systems? Yeah. Well, the good news is um, uh, the new systems will be designed for the new refrigerant. So they'll have, you know, maybe an additional internal heat exchanger. They'll have the correct elastomers. Um, Really the biggest difference in terms of maintaining uh, a vehicle, whether it's a, a truck or a car using um, YF, is it's left-handed threads. And the reason they're using left-handed threads is they don't want anyone to mix 134A with YF and a new recovery machine. So, um, you know, the industry is very um, accustomed to RRR machines that are designed for 134A, just need to get a second machine that's designed for YF. And that's what we're seeing in the commercial um, space for light duty is typically most shops will have two machines. One's dedicated to YF, one's dedicated to 134 but basically the mechanics are, are essentially the same because the fluids are very similar. It's very similar capacity, very similar um, energy um, efficiencies. And so there's not a lot of retooling or uh, new design that's needed outside of some compatibility elastomers with the new refrigerant. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. So technicians can take a sigh of relief. Now, what about parts, people? Um, when it comes to these new parts, and, and obviously there's that three-year to five-year with warranty, but then after that, the independent's going to have to do that. So what's going to happen when it comes to finding replacement parts for these new systems? Yeah, well, the great news is that YF has been on the market in the commercial in the light-duty space since 2013. Um, once we hit 2017, 
about 90% of all the cars that are manufactured are using YF. So the component manufacturers are very familiar with YF. They're going to be ready for this transition when it takes place. Um, they already are familiar with the compatibility requirements. So it really should be a very smooth transition in heavy duty because it was kind of pressure tested in light in light duty. All right. So yeah. more good news. Uh, one of the other things that I was immediately curious about is um, there's a little bit of a black box around, you know, the, the move to electrified mm-hmm. vehicles. And there's still a lot of unknowns as to how it's actually going to come down in maintenance and and repair and and needs for for coolant. So what about like a fleet that's going to be mixed? You can imagine they've got older trucks, they've got some brand new trucks Mm -hmm. that are ICE, and then they also have electric. Yeah, I think the great news is if if the converged solution is 1234YF, then you're using that in the smaller charge size vehicles and the larger charge size vehicles. The thing about EV vehicles is you're not only using um, the YF for cabin cooling, you're also using it for battery um, thermal management. So these systems are going to be designed with that in mind. The charge sizes are going to be a little bit more, but you can use the same fluid for everything. So it, it would be available pretty well um, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if people want to learn more about this, because this may be the first time they're hearing about it. What's the best resource for them to go and learn more? Uh, you can use our website, um, uh, Option.com. We have a lot of information. We've done webinars for the heavy duty um, uh, segment. Um, we have uh, printed pieces we can share. We have um, information on YF. Um, and of course, I'm a resource as well. Okay, fantastic. So we're going to put those links in the show notes and uh, hopefully people will reach out to you, be able to get some education. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and opening up uh, your booth and allowing us to be here today. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't have a heavy duty part number and need to look up a part? Go to parts.diesellaptops.com or download the app on Apple or Android to create your free account. Looking for high quality fuel injection for heavy duty applications? Having one supplier for fuel injection allows you to better serve customers by providing them with a complete line, which increases your sales and profitability. Learn more at ambacinternational.com slash aftermarket. Parts availability and quality have a big influence on fleets and owner operators' total cost of operation. If they can't find a part, it means more downtime. If they install a low quality part and it fails, it means even more costs like tow bills, hotels, meals for the driver, and lost revenue. That's why we recommend Sampa. They manufacture a wide range of advanced parts for commercial vehicles. Their website has an intelligent product search engine and broad coverage of suspension, steering, and fifth wheel components. Expect more. Expect Sampa. Visit sampa.com today. Sean, welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. So glad to have you here. Thank you very much. And uh, we're at Apex, and you've invited us into your booth. I really appreciate it. Could you just tell our audience a little bit about your company? Uh, the name of the company is Pro Parts. We've been in business since uh, March of 2020. Uh, we handle radiators, condensers, fan assemblies for heavy duty and light trucks. Well, like us, we started our consulting business at the beginning of uh, January 2020, and uh, you know we just got started, and the pandemic happened. So we have something in common. <laughs> right away now. we could, uh, After though, we could talk and uh, I'm sure we've got some stories. So your business has been around just, just coming up three years. Um, and, and the product that you focus on, uh, give us a little description of that. Uh, we handle automotive cooling products and heavy duty cooling products. Um, that's pretty much what we specialize in. I've been in this business since 1995 for several companies. So you've got a real background in it. What have you seen as kind of a trend in cooling over the last few years? 
well, the biggest trend of getting back to the pandemic is availability of product. We've uh, hopefully we're coming out of it now, but uh, we really had a hard time in the last two years just filling orders, just getting product in. Yeah, and I mean, when you're, uh, you know, it's one thing if your second vehicle is in the shop, right, and, and uh, you don't need it every day for work. But when you're working with commercial vehicles, you know, those things make money for you. They're revenue generators. So when they're down for extended periods of time, it has a big impact on, on the cost of operation for the fleet. So the parts uh, uh, shortages has been a real challenge. Now, in the in your business model, you're, who are you selling to and then how does the product get to the end user? Well, we import the products ourselves and store them in Pottstown in our warehouse. We sell to WD uh, warehouse distributors that specialize in cooling, and uh, we have customers all over the country. Fantastic. So um, when I was selling parts, I would talk to manufacturers and, and folks like yourself that was bringing product in, and we'd go out into the field and talk to the, the end users. So as you're working with your distributors, um, what has been the, uh, the, the things that you've been talking to them or, or supporting them on when it comes to helping commercial fleets lower total cost of operation, address maintenance issues, those kinds of things? Uh, pretty much the service uh, when there's a failure, get to the root cause, uh, see why the radiator failed. A lot of times the radiator is a symptom of something else. So if we replace the radiator and we don't check the whole system out, then the chances are you're going to have the same problem over again. Right. And I mean, upstream problems and uh, unscheduled downtime caused by not getting to the root, uh, that, that's a bad situation for commercial fleets. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the studies that I looked at recently is that something like the average roadside event is 750 bucks, And that's probably on the light side, because as soon as you get into hotels and tow trucks and all of that. So what products did you start with and what have you added recently? We started with the radiator condenser and then we added the fan assemblies. And with uh, all these newer vehicles coming into play now, everything being turbocharged, we've added the intercooler, which is up here. Okay. And a lot of vehicles now used to have a radiator, used to have a cooler in the radiator. Now it's external. So we handle the external transmission coolers as well. Do you find that um, there's a, a little bit of a learning curve for parts people or, and technicians when they start having to service or, and replace those parts? They, they, they need to learn how the systems work and what the new technology, uh, what the computer requires from the, uh, from the components, why they're so important for the whole system. Right. And it's, again, that entire system to keep vehicles on the road. I know in some of our uh, other uh, episodes that we've talked to people about like things like after treatment, it's very similar, right? It's always looking at the entire system. And trucks are getting, especially commercial trucks, they're getting a lot more complicated than back in the 90s when you and I started Absolutely. the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything is, uh, runs off the computer and everything is by, uh, by code. You have to figure it out. You have to diagnose it with, uh, with the proper technology. So if people want to learn more about your company, Sean, where should they go? They can go to www.proparts.com. All right, proparts.com. We'll make sure the links are in the show notes. And if you want to follow the Heavy Duty Parts Report for free, go to heavydutypartsreport.com. Sean, thanks for being a guest on our show, and thank you for inviting us into your booth. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming. I hope you enjoyed my conversations with both Christina and Sean live from the Apex floor. I think my big takeaway from my conversations with both of them is that Commercial trucking is going through massive change, and there's a lot of new technology that is driving a lot of changes to the way that commercial trucks are built and the way that they operate. I think it's important that we stay up to date with regulatory changes, like with refrigerant and the EPA, so we understand what's coming. 
And as Sean brought out, it's very important as technology changes on the actual truck, we stay up to date with how to diagnose and repair that by looking at the entire system. So those are my two big takeaways. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Next week, we're going to be back with another episode live from the Apex uh, show floor, where we're going to talk to a whole bunch of people connected to Sampa. Uh, They are a proud sponsor of the Heavy Duty Parts Report, and we're going to talk about suspension, steering, and fifth wheel components. And you're going to learn a lot about uh, Sampa, who they are, how they're going to market here in North America, and how they impact their distributors and end user customers of their product who buy those parts from those distributors. So come back next week, and uh, that's what you can look forward to. And then the third week, we will have another Apex interview coming with a whole bunch of other information about the critical engine components uh, that you need to think about when you are in the parts and service business commercial trucking. Thank you for watching this video. Click here to subscribe to the Heavy Duty Parts Report YouTube channel and click here to watch another great episode. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.